We have overdue conversations from a black man's perspective. I am one of your hosts, Street Hems. Welcome back. I did that because Caleb not here. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's Trey. Indeed, indeed. How was your week, bro? Busy. So busy. It's just so, so busy. But it's good, man. My little brother is getting married uh, hey. on Saturday, August 18th. Let's go. Shout out to Tim and Ivana, my future sister-in-law. Um, yeah, man. We had a back to school bash on Saturday, which was fun and hot. Very just if you live in Texas, raise your hand. Raise your hand. So you guys understand the literal hell <laughs> that has been this heat index. Literal. If if there was ever a time for you to consider salvation, brothers and sisters, I beseech you. Beseech. Okay. To to allow the the the, the heat. Mm. To allow the temperature mm. to foreshadow your future wow. if you choose to live without Christ. Oh, my gosh. Better preach that. So, yes. Um, yeah. That was my week. How was, how was your week, Mitchell? Man, my week was uh, semi-productive. It? Okay. You know, getting ready for this whole tour thing. Getting oh, ready yeah. for other writing engagements as well. Oh, yeah. A tour. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I forgot you was you forgot she was on the tour? Yeah. No, she was in town. I, oh. I was like, today has been just kind of crazy. How'd you forget she was in town? Um, yeah, yeah. When, it's it's not that I forgot. Like I forgot she was actually coming here. Of your life together last year? Absolutely. And then and you just forgot about her? No, I never forget about her. We, we went to Columbia we, together. Shout out to Columbia. Indeed, Columbia was great. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a very, very interesting experience. Uh, yeah, so today was this week was productive. Um, okay, I actually got good. to be on a Pro Pill podcast. It was okay. dope. Uh, so we're doing like a, uh, I guess a DFW YouTube Creators Network thing now, you know. This is random, not yeah. really. Is the color purple? Like, is he called it Purple Pill Podcast because he's not quite red pill? Yeah. So it's it's the, okay. the concept is red pill and then blue pill. Blue pill would be like the betas. Red ah, pill is like the the Dems. <clears throat> the, the what? The, I'm being funny. Like funny. Democrats? Yeah, I was being oh, funny. No, 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 no. Yeah, I know it's not political. Yeah, it seems like there's two sides to everything. I was gonna make a post the other day. I was, I was like, I was gonna say I'm too woke for the conservatives. I'm too uh, conservative for the Democrats. That sounds accurate. Yeah. Considering your opinions on things. Yeah, I'm too Hebrew for the Christians. <laughs> Give, <laughs> pick a button. Pick a button. Any button. <laughs> there you That's go. That's what she said. Ah, ah wrong button. Yeah. You got, you got played. Button game is <laughs> you got played by you. <laughs> this man said, I'm too Hebrew for the Christians. Indeed. Oh, that was perfect timing. That was go. great timing. Came, came okay, we're here. You know what it was when you signed <laughs> up. <laughs> yes, sir. So. So. Today's topic. So I, we, so I saw a video online, and it was essentially a guy breaking up with his girl. Yeah. You know, as... We naturally do. You know? Sure, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's just another day in the office, right? Nah, it's kind of crazy. I, I found out that, like, whenever somebody says, like, a guy broke up with a girl, it's always, like, a surprise to people. Really? Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. typically it's the, it's the woman who leaves the relationship. 
Typically. Okay. Okay. You, you know me? what? I see that. Yeah. That and sense. so it's like if if the guy if if <laughs> it's like you you say something like a relationship it's like, man, what'd you do? It's like what you mean? What I do? I just what, I just, left. <laughs> yeah, I just was there. Anyway, so he's breaking up with his girl live on camera, and he's saying the reason why he's doing it is because he said because your kid is bad. I'm out. And bro, as she's doing it. As, as he doing, Youngin is wilding. Bro is la- Bro is in the back laughing. <laughs> he was like laughing. Bro was in the back laughing. Throwing shots, hitting silver, them low key. I'm like silver tooth energy. It was fat. It was a lot of silver tooth energy, bro. Yeah, bro. And so for me, I'm like, it's just interesting how she was upset at the fact he was leaving because he didn't like the fact. I'm that not he gonna lie. I wouldn't be surprised if that little nigga had some apostrophes in his name. Oh wow! Don't play, don't play the French names in the black culture like that, bro. Oh, they're French now. Don't do that, bro. Wee oui, wee, oui, nigga. <laughs> he had two capitals, two capital letters in his name. He had an L A apostrophe capital D. Oh man, don't do that. <sighs> <sighs> we getting canceled after this. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, nah. It's um, been fun for me, bro. Honestly, I haven't dealt with. Too many, like I've only dated one single mother before. Or wait, what's the other term? People don't like single mother. It's, uh, I forgot about that podcast. <laughs> yeah. What is it? What was it's, the uh, term they told us? Uh, uh, single parent. Yeah. No. No, bro. Well, it was it was a single parent. Dad. We're gonna have to ask her. She yeah. she's not S- here. Single mother is apparently like offensive. Anybody know the other term for a single mother? No, it's offensive. It's offensive. So it's offensive to mothers who actually co-parent. Apparently, it's like, hey, like he's in the life, so I'm not, I'm not by myself, and so, yeah, I'm learning everything. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I feel like some of that was personal. I feel like it was very personal. For sure. But also, it's, it's, it's when you say single mother, it does kind of put a preconceived notion that the the father is not in the life, essentially, for a lot of people's minds. And so, I think to help people's minds, it's like, hey, this is the term I like to use. You know, I'm just single. And I'm a mother. Lone parent. Uh, okay. Lone parent. A lone parent. Lone parent. It might be a lone parent. I feel like lone parent. I feel like lone parent would be worse. Yeah. Sound like a lone parent to me. Like, sound, exactly. Yeah. Lone wolf. Anyways. Yeah. So so Tonto. With that with that being said, like I haven't really dated too many single moms. So. uh and the one time I did, I know the kid didn't like me, but it was because, <laughs> like, not because, one, re- <laughs> one of the main factors was her dad was in her life. And uh, I, as for a kid, it's like you want them to get back together. Right, You right, know, and so, like, right. anybody that's coming in is a threat. She saw you as a threat. Yeah, it's that's a threat, fair. you know. And I'm a threat to person, you know, just because the gym sometimes. She, saw, she definitely saw you as a She saw yeah, you, you know, as a threat. Yeah, you know, my voice. She perceived you to be a threat. Perceived. Perceived. That was her perception. Indeed. You were threatened. Nah. So, so. With, but with that being said, though, um, looking now where I'm at in my life right now, not back then. If someone had a bad kid, that's one thing. Yeah. If I'm not able to discipline, I have no input, or you don't even you don't have the desire to even intervene on this situation. That's what's the issue for me. If you have no input, you can't discipline. And you don't allow, and you're not allowed to intervene. Yeah. So yeah. here's the funny thing. I remember, yeah. and here we go. God rest his soul. 
saying? Oh, boy. The young Kevin Samuels. I knew it. One question he would always ask uh, mothers was, if you marry a man, will he, will, will he have the ability to discipline your child? And a lot of times it would be, no, I could take care of that. And it's like, hey, so how, how can I be a father if I'm not able to step in and discipline the child? See, and that, and I love, I, I remember he would ask that question. I, I great like, question. That was a great I, question. I love that he put, if a man was to marry you. Because I, I think, for me, that's the only thing. If we're dating, it's, it's still your child. So, at, sure. at, at the end of the day, the only time I feel like I would need to step in is if that child disrespects me, as if any other child, I would do with any other child, right? But I think... You know, I, it, when you get married, I think then things become a lot more clear. It's less black and white. And that's the tough part with, like, dating somebody with a child is, like, you essentially have to walk that fine line between understanding that that is still the one and only authority in this relationship for that child. But also, as an adult, I'm not going to sit here and take disrespect when it comes. So you you have to have a certain level of trust. And really, I think it, it, it'll tell you a lot about how the other person values you, how they allow you into that child's life. Indeed. One and only authority? At when we're dating, yeah. And, and I don't know, about, in the like, relationship, in the relationship. So I, you, you obviously carry a, a, an assumed level of authority as an as adult. As an adult, yeah. Yeah, outside of that, though, the authority you have with that child is still determined by that parent. Okay, so for example, because, bro, discipline is one of my favorite things to do with children. Yeah. Like, that was, like, I, I truly love discipline because um, fresh out of high school, if y'all don't know, um, I worked at a, a sports camp with kids, and... It was a nonprofit Talk organization, um, and we'll we worked name? with we worked with the uh, urban, urban youth. That right? was that urban was the, youth, that's right? the terminology in the handbook. Indeed, uh, but I loved it, man. These are kids coming from Gary, Indiana, uh, Chicago, Camden, New Jersey, Oak Cliff, Texas, New Orleans. Right, like these are kids that you would expect to be on some type of spectrum or statistic etc 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 but they're kids and a lot of times they never had the ability or environment to just be kids like when you're always in fight or flight mode because of where you're from or where you're stationed or where you're at or the school you're in to have a place where it's like hey you're in the woods you got a lake here you got this it's it's just a loving place right and so you're already breaking down those barriers off rip spending time with them for like a week but one of my favorite things to do was discipline because as much as I love them and had fun with them, you don't really get to grow until you do what nobody has done in their life consistently. Just call them out and hold them accountable. And do so from a place foundationally with I love you. Like it's different when I'm disciplining you, I'm calling you out and telling you to do stuff, and I never actually showed you no love. And so when I'm actually foundationally placing it with, hey, have I not been there for you? Like, man, like, 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 have I not like, treated you in a way that has been honoring of you and you as a, as a being? Sure. And then now, hey, the, the best part about ca- uh, camp discipline was, let's say if a kid curses, right? Kid curses. Uh, it's 20 push-ups. Hey, 20 push-ups. Let's get it. Let's get it. We do and it so together. I, whatever, whatever discipline that I institute on that child, I have to go with it with him. Yep. And so if it's 20 push-ups, I'm doing 20 with you. And sometimes a kid's super weak. It's like, all right, bet. Well, 40 push-ups are old. I'll knock out 30. You got to give me 10. Yeah. 
right? So with that being said, sometimes, you know, (laughs) we be up late night. Kids making fart noises in the cabin. You know what I'm saying? Screen, cut the lights yeah. on in the T-Dome, my boy. Like, hey, let's hey, get to it. You do it again, we about to run. Let's get active. Man, we man, stop doing it, bro. You tripping. And so we we get it in, take him outside. We run in suicides. <laughs> 2 a.m. in the morning, 3 a.m. in the morning. Bro, you know what I used to do <laughs> first night? <laughs> Sometimes I, I would, you, you know you can gauge kind of like how the kids would act for the week. By like the you first, already you already, you already know. know bro. By, by, the time, by the time you get to the lake for, for, for Booyah Burgers, you yeah. know what's up. yeah. Bro, sometimes on the first night, I would literally like look for the smallest things just to let them know, hey, today, this week. <laughs> you just put them over it. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not this cabin. <laughs> we I used to be known. Hey, first day, y'all know Trey gonna be out there at the T. Don't keep them lights on. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> we gonna yeah. be out there about 10, no, 30, 11. The or the hallway. The and I'm gonna choose for you sometimes. The choice is mine. Yeah. <laughs> the choice is mine. They, that, that, that is one method we always say, like, uh, start with the closed fist yep. and, and then loosen, loosen up. up as the week. Yep. You know, loosen up as the week. If they, if they spot weakness and if they smell oh, blood, yeah. ooh, they gonna take advantage of that. <laughs> and you know what's funny? You used, to, you used to be able to see on the on the counselor's face the ones who were struggling. Oh, yeah. They'd be at lunch, struggling, sitting down. You don't discipline your kids? Struggling. I was like, I was like struggling. you look weak. You, you've been here for nine weeks. How come you ain't got no swole on? Bro, it's Tuesday. <laughs> it's gonna be a long week. They'll lead to Saturday. So um, <laughs> we'll figure it out. But but that's that's another thing. When you when you withhold discipline, you're taking away from intimate. Mo- bro, I remember yeah, a kid, bro. Yeah. He was tough on me all week, and all I did was love him. I'm talking about. I I truly was there for him. I honored him. I I listened to him. I listened to his counselors. I mean, the people that brought him. You know what I'm saying like, hey, tell me about his backstory. How can I help him? How can I be? For-? It wasn't until this, the second to last day, um, right after we did the, the night presentation, we, we show him, like, the passion, you know what I'm saying, in a little play format. And then um, I'm, I tell him, like, hey, the reason why I do the discipline with you is, is that I don't deserve to do this. I didn't do anything to, to have to knock out these push-ups, to have to do these suicides. But the same thing happened with Jesus. He didn't do anything for you to be putting him on the cross, but yet... I'm going to go through this discipline with you so I, can ex- so I can experience what you deserve. And then you're able to see my love for you, right? So the second last day happens, right? And then it's crazy. He starts treating me different. And he didn't even really get to tell me in my face, but he left me a letter. Uh-huh. And that letter was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry I resisted. I'm so sorry I treated you bad. I shouldn't have did that. Yeah. But I just want to say you are my favorite counselor. And I've been coming for I've been coming for years. And I'm sitting here like, mind you, I wasn't expecting. I was like, yeah. another kid just wanted to get on my nerves. <laughs> but for him, it meant something to him that somebody cared enough to call him out. And so I said it to say, even though we might be dating, man, the honor I even feel when some of my friends, bro, like my my friends' children, when I when I'm called in for discipline for that, because I'm like I'm like, oh, it's, I'm ready to work. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's kids, I'm, I'm, I'm at my church, you know what I'm saying, like foster kids. You know, I, br- I brought them through. It's like, I, the, the fact I can get calls, be like, hey, they're tripping. Hey, they, they, they're doing this. Yeah. Okay, bet, because a lot of times they don't have men in their lives yeah. as an example yeah. to call them out. Yeah. I, I think what's, what's dope about, about camp is everybody's on the same page. Okay. Parents sign on to this. Uh, the, the, the group leaders sign Most on times. to this. Uh, most times, you know, theoretically, they're supposed to read the parent handbook, but they don't. Uh, but everybody's on the same page. 
when you think about like let's let's take a kid being in school for example a lot of times the school has a way of disciplining that is different the discipline they experience at home. Yeah. And so I think the tough part about discipline is when you bring in multiple entities to discipline this one child, where, you know, talking about it takes a village. Part of being in a village is being in a community, shared goals, shared system. vision, yeah. shared systematic way of going about things. The tough part about that is if if you and I um, aren't on the same, what do you mean, what? Same page, yeah. Same yeah, page. if you and I are yeah. on the same page, it doesn't matter what, disrespect I experience with your child if you're not going to give me the leeway to step in it's not going to matter so yeah. I think that and that's kind of what I mean when I say like it, it, it really does matter the, the, like that that parent's the gateway and so I think that's another piece that maybe doesn't have to make it dif- more difficult to date somebody with a child but it is another thing to consider because if me and you can't even establish that right and, and it's also how am I going to present myself to this child um, in, in the first few meetings is very, very important. Like we just talked about, that first day at camp is, ve- is so vital because the moment I give you leeway to try to get away with things and do X, Y, Z, you're going to take it and that's going to be harder to reverse. Yeah. The moment you introduce yourself to a child, whether it's at a school, after school program, mentorship, it's so, so very important. So very important how you establish that relationship. So I also think it's about not only what leeway they give you, but how can we, int- how are you introduced into this child's life? Is this, hey, baby, I got another boyfriend. Hey, sweetheart, I got another girlfriend. Yeah. Or, hey, I want you to come to dinner and meet Mitch for- with me. Hey, I want you to come to dinner and meet Trey with me. Okay? It, 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 it matters. It matters how, how you're even introduced into the child's life. Indeed. Yeah, actually, bro, I, I'm looking back, I'm, I'm realizing I would actually enjoy doing discipline quick, like, I'm, I'm not the person, hey, guys, if you do that one more time, we're going to go, hey, guys, come on. I'm like, no, nah, let's, let's hey, go outside. <laughs> let's have a talk. You did it twice, bro. Here, that's, yeah. that's your grace. Next time it's it. You do it again. Hey, bro, let's get it. Because what's, what's Stop the class. Hey, come on. Hold my class real quick. I'm about to, I'm about to go. What's so I interesting, love that. bro. I love that. You remember growing up and your mom, your parents would be like, I know you've done this before. I'm seeing that now as I work with kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. watch. I'll literally just sit back yeah. and just watch. Yeah. And then the one time I called to get mad, I'm like, bro, I watched you do this like five times. I've heard you say 10 cuss words in six minutes. Hey, yo. <laughs> Camp started at noon. You've said like eight cuss words. It's 12.02. Let's, yeah. uh, let's figure it out. But it's interesting, man, because I also love how in those moments, practicing grace is so beautiful. Because even in the times where yeah. I am like strict, yeah. there's times when it's like, bro, I told you already. Yeah. You still did it. The guideline says not to do it. You still did it. You did it already yesterday, and you did it again. Yeah. And I'm like, you've got to. And then God's like, yeah, same thing with you. Yeah. I yeah. told you what yeah. it was. Yeah. You had the guidelines. You had the guidebook. You knew what it and was. And you still, I'm like. And you signed up. <sighs> and I guess yeah. that's what they meant when they said, just going to hurt me more than it hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. You feel me? Because you sitting there like you yeah. seeing yourself in them. As yeah. you try to discipline them, it's like, man, how much how much grace would I have wanted if I'm going through this? And so it's, it's, it's but you a, but you know what's interesting? I've what I've also seen and I don't like is when people get lazy when they discipline, like, and I think the lazy like I think laziness, uh, like the arm get tired from whipping them. Or, no, <laughs> talking about like it's like 
Okay. Oh, we're okay. not. Oh, we're not talking about the CPS version of discipline, Mitchell. CPS version. <laughs> the, the version of discipline where you got called CPS. No, no, no. I, I, I think when people discipline out of anger, I think that's lazy. Facts. I think there's a certain restraint you have to show when you discipline a child. I think. Even even working at camp and working in nonprofit, I've seen it where people, or even myself, have taken a lazy route and not managed how they feel. Right? They react to a child instead of disciplining a child. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got to we've that's another vital piece that it's got to be talked about how you react or if you react to a child's action, then you cause a relationship that is built on fear. Yep. Because now they're more so scared of what you'll do if they get caught than learning the lesson that comes through discipline. Yeah. And so now my relationship isn't, okay, I know if I do this, there's a lesson and there's love. Now it turns into, hold on, wait, 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 where's Trey at before I do this? Mm-hmm. Look around the corner. Yeah, like where's he at? And then, no. you, then you learn ways to avoid getting caught. Right. Now <laughs> now, now become sneaky, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so now, now I'm looking to... Cover myself. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. to clothe myself now that I'm naked. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I think even even that is just something that we've got to consider. Like, disciplining a child should never be done at, from a reactionary standpoint. Yeah, I shouldn't be angry when I discipline. That's we start seeing like remove locks in houses, no doors in houses. You know, and right. I, I understand like the, the method, bit, but, yeah, but but man, like people still do wrong in prison. And the dignity you know, behind it. They, they literally it, yeah. have every type of cell and system thing you can do to control somebody and yeah. over control. The, the, the aspect of control that I feel like is controlling um, myself in the midst of the environment. So I'm going to control the environment, which is why a lot of times some parents do get bad raps on the fact that they have children just wild out. It's like, man, I really did everything I could to sustain the environment. And at the end of the day, this this child, this person, this relative just decided to do their own way and do their own yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's one of the toughest things, especially working in the juvenile attention system, hearing somebody have to go through a tragic accident or somebody actually is killed or somebody goes to jail, and then you watch the news, and it's like, man, nobody was there to tell them to do right. Nobody actually invested. It's like, nah, they was there. It's just they wanted to get their own way. Yeah. And so, so for me, so... If you saw somebody who was a single mom, or whatever the term is, I'm sorry. Dang. You're doing it to yourself at this point. I know, point. bro. I know. I just, I be trying to, I'm trying to be sensitive. But, you know. but yeah, sing, single mom, right? You see somebody who's a single mom, and she's trying to discipline, but it's just not working. Is that still a situation where you're going to avoid because the kid is bad? Would I avoid it? If yeah. I, okay. Um, if I was single... Um, I don't know that I would avoid it um, because in my line of work, working with kids so heavily, I understand the, like, I, I think I understand it even more now. God's design for a house because there's no freaking way. <laughs> there's no freaking way that the Lord would sit here and intentionally say man and woman to raise, you know, in a house. Um, and, and for us to expect a single parent, whether it be a single mom or whatever, to be able to raise a child effectively. So I, I wouldn't shy away from it just because she 
is having a tough time. Matter of fact, I, w- I almost expect it, not because I think less of her, but because I'm like, you're operating out. You're, you're not in Outside the Outside of your role. You're playing two roles. Yeah, you're, 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 you're coach and, and, and point guard. Yeah. And you, you obviously need help. Yeah. You need help. Same with single fathers. They need help. You know what I'm saying? So, you missed that episode. So, okay, I, I, guess, I guess, yeah. But would you date a single mom? If I was single, I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't rule that out. I, I'd be open to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be open to it. Okay. Yeah, if I was single, I'd definitely be open to it. Hey. Hilarious. That was, <laughs> I, right. I made a different button. All right, that's what he wants you guys to believe. <laughs> he got nah, the button. Um, so for me, I I have I have no issue like um, with the concept of like dating somebody who has a child. You know, um, but for me, the person when Honestly, have to be like exceptional. What do you mean? As an exception to the rule, like I, I, I don't, I don't. I'm like it's not something I, I seek out to uh, marry someone who has a child. But if that person is exceptional, you know, then so be it. Would you consider it? I'm considering an exception. So you, you, she would have to <laughs> like, button right now. Button. Give me one. Give me a button. I don't know. It's your favorite. What one. are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Cool. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So you're saying that before we even get to the child, the woman, the mother has to be someone that you deem well, no, no, exceptional. No, 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 no. I'm saying like she has like for, for me to go aside from me not desiring to just like seek out dating a single mother. Okay. You know, it's like man, that had to be an exceptional woman. You know, I don't know that I would seek it out if I was single, but I mean that's what I'm trying to say. Like I, I, I don't know that I would seek it out, but like let's say, let's just say you're it's, at church. It's, it's a non-preference, but it's not like a. So for me, yeah, I have yeah. preferences. Okay. I, I prefer it. It doesn't. It doesn't sit in your preference. Yeah. Yeah, but sure. if if the woman is exceptional, absolutely. Like you at church and you see a baddie, and she loves the Lord. Bro, baddies a dime a dozen, bro. Yeah. Okay. So this is the one dime in the twelve. Okay. Now if you if she a dime, plus ninety nine. Yeah. Is it shame. <laughs> She don't even know what she worth. We might be talking. We might be talking because the dimes that don't know they dimes. Oh, okay, that's the ones. The ones uh, grew up in the country. The what? Small town. The country. Okay. Yeah. Ain't nobody telling them they was fine yet. Okay. You know the country so like yeah. Arlington. Nigga, you Midlothian. What a Midlothian baddies. What a Midlows at? The Midlow. I need one of the Midlow baddies. The Midlow babies. They had nobody telling them that. I can affirm you. Yeah, feel me. Damn. Yeah. Nah. Um. Yeah, but it's it's like I said, it's it's, it's but it's it's a lot of exceptional women out there. But I'm just like you know, it's just for me, I have preferences. Like I same way I prefer to date. A black woman, yeah, right? for sure. You know what I'm saying? But if it's an exceptional Indian woman, like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? for sure. Who knows? Definitely. So now here's that brown. Why are you laughing? Let's just let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. I don't want you canceled. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Um, no, no, no. So I know there are some there are some people out there who would who would say like even the consideration to date a woman with a child would deem you a certain type of man. Beta. I was there was another word I was looking for. I'm not gonna say it. What's <laughs> Tuesday? Oh, oh yeah. start with a B? No. Oh. Starts with a C. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a gonna say it. 
<laughs> he knows. He I don't knows. know. He knows. But okay. So would you? Would you? So I, I think there. There's. There, but there. He's laughing because he knows. I don't, there, I don't know. There's, no, not you. Oh, yeah. uh, he knows. Yeah, he knows. See, look, there it is. Um, All right, go ahead. <laughs> but like, so what would you say, in your opinion, would be like a deterring factor to dating a woman with a child, in your opinion? Deterring factor. Yeah. Um. So, so here's the thing. I, we, and we talked about it recently in our episode. Uh, not recently, but we talked about it in an episode. It's, it's, it's one thing to be called to marriage. I think that people may withhold or not think about the fact that it's a calling to be a stepfather. Really? Yes. It's a calling. Okay. Yeah, like, like people, people, people can be called to be a stepfather. In the same way, the calling for adoption Right, like you're literally taking in a child that's not your own, and like, like man, like some people aren't mentally prepared for the toll that takes, and the mental fortitude you have to have in order to take in somebody else's child that is like. So, for example, a lot of people that even go through adoption, they'll tend to adopt babies first. Why? Because it's less of an actual struggle because they haven't experienced life. That makes the ones sense. who've gone through the that process, makes sense. like not that everybody's sense. called to that, bro. You know what I'm saying? And so. To think that, hey, I'm going to immediately be grafted into this person's life and then this child's life, and it's not going to be any, any type of uh, friction or something like that. Sure, sure, more, sure. More often, not like it's as much as you may love that person, the extra that comes with it, everyone's not called for that. I think that's a calling, right? And so for the ones who are stepfathers, I think they need to get and receive more honor. You know, they, they, they need to be admonished for the fact that they are being stepfathers, especially the ones who are doing a great job, right? I don't know if I had that calling, right? Um, and it has been revealed to me, you know. I know that I'm, I'm great with kids, you know. So, um, when, especially when it came to, uh, um, boy, uh, Umar. When Umar did the Red Pill podcast joint with the, with the young, the, uh, the uh, Daily Wrap-Up crew, you know. Um, oh, Umar. Yeah, shout out to him, bro. He's, uh, well, he's a knowledgeable guy, bro. I like yeah. him. Um, also, as much <laughs> no, you start talking about that dag school. All right, what um, school? It was fraud. <laughs> it was thirteen oh years of fraud. <laughs> oh my gosh! Nah, so um, he had, he said he said it actually exists apparently right now, but yeah, he talks about it. He talks about it in the show. Yeah, so it exists, yeah. but he was found to be embezzling. I don't know if it's found to be embezzling. Embezzling is oh, yeah, a crime. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he was. Embezzling is a crime. He'd it's be been jail. proven that he was telling. He was essentially telling people are fraud defrauding. That's, he was telling people more thing that things were costing more than what he was spending on it. That's a crime. He would be. Yeah, it's a crime. If he was an actual crime and a criminal. That's an interesting concept. So you think all criminals are convicted? Ones that in jail? you're accusing and legitimizing as embezzling and, and defrauding. I don't yes. No. At least have always, to pay the fines. I don't know if that always holds hey, up. Hey, yep. Anyways, oh, so so essentially, in that episode, he talked about um, how most people think as individuals and not as a community. And so when getting into a relationship, what the, and I, I get it, the Daily Rapper crew, what they were hearing was, you're telling us to raise someone else's babies. You're telling us to raise up the next generation. It's Is this like, what he was talking about? Dating uh, about dating black women. Yes, okay. dating yeah, black women exclusively. I remember that. And I was, I was, I was like, now, mind you, I was understanding both sides. The, to the men, it's like you're telling me I should go and raise somebody else's child and 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 be there. It's like, yo, you made those mistakes, you made those decisions, you made those things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera right? And 
He's like, yo, you're thinking individually. I'm talking about our community. Our community is suffering as far as with marriage rates, with divorce rates, with single parent, uh, single, single households. Like, we need a change. And the change starts with discipling and mentoring these young kids. So for me, I'm like, man, that's something I do. I'm passionate about. But as an individual, I can tell that was just talking over their heads. So whether or not I end up dating a single parent or mother, et cetera, whatever you call it, um, I know my responsibility is definitely towards uh, helping and raising up, you know what I'm saying, young black men. Yeah, that's something that he's always been real big on, which I, I do appreciate. Uh, you appreciate something about Umar? Okay. I'm not like black and white. You know this. Take it. I'm not. Except when it, except for, except about Candace Owens. She can completely go. Oh my gosh, bro. Quit hating on Candace, bro. I know it's your bestie. My bad, my bad. My she got bad. a cute forehead. That's it. <laughs> Damn. Yo, she got a cute forehead. She got married though, so I ain't got no shot. She she did get married. Um no, yeah. but I've always appreciated that about Umar. He's always had a communal sense in mind when it comes to like African Americans and all that kind of stuff. So I, I do appreciate that, but I think that you is don't like Pan Africanism. Yeah. No, I'm I'm for it. I'm so cool. what about is it it's Umar. aside from the school, bro? It's Umar. Aside from the he's, school, aside from him being a fraud, yeah, it's cool. He's he he has good. He he's a very intelligent young man. I don't deny that. Say less. I've never I've never denied that. He just is a fraud. <laughs> I'm trying to get Umar on the show one day, man. Shout out to Umar. <laughs> Come on, please don't don't leave me. <laughs> Don't what? leave me one day. <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, can, we can uh save up and spend that five G's and get him on the show one day, bro. Safe, I'm not paying him. I'm sorry. Bro, that's, that's a great look. I'm not paying Umar a lick. I'm not paying him nothing. You ain't gonna pitch in the fund? The Umar not, fund? Not to fund Umar, no. I'll pitch is if he showed me a, a working school, <laughs> then I'll pitch in. Say again. less. Yeah, he Say less. Here first. I'm always yeah, no, If I'll we show the school, you better dad go. If he show me a functioning school. You know what's crazy? Talk Tim to live up the street from the school. Oh, he actually, okay, yeah. So you know it exists. I'd never said it didn't. It's just beat up and run down, bro, for the amount of money he's raised. That's, I mean, it's a school. You're really, you're, he's rebuilding. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into it later. For sure, for sure. We need 30 minutes in. You want to get to the Let's smoke get to the smoke, smoke session. session. Indeed, yeah, indeed, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Say less. Oh, oh, oh. Don't be fooled. I'm not special. Shout out, shout out, shout out. This is a part of the podcast where the live studio audience has the ability to come through with the questions, comments, concerns, or the smoke. But be careful because we do keep a gas, man. <sighs> So anybody from a live studio audience, if you want to chime in on any of the topics we talked about, please come to the seat. Bitch, you, you should have one of this coffee. It's fire. It smells. It smells it's amazing, fire, bro. This coffee's going crazy. Do they got mugs? Uh, you got a cup back there. I don't know, bro. Okay. Um, who has the cup? Pull up, pull up that mic for her a little bit. Oh, she good to go. You good? I'm good. Y'all hear? Can y'all hear me? Maybe put up a little, pull up, push, pull up, pull up, yep, that too. Yeah, that there too? we go. Indeed. Talk to us. All right, so let's talk about step parents. Yes. I'm a step parent. Indeed. Shout Indeed. out. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Shout out to the step parents. But is what you guys have to understand. So you were talking about the kid that was out of control, right? Mm-hmm. 
So you've got mom who brought a man into the house. Yeah. You've got dad on this side. Kid goes to dad's house and is like, oh, mom's got a new boyfriend. His name is Mitch, da-da-da-da-da. Dad start a- starts asking that kid a lot of questions. Is Mitch disciplining you? Is, ditch- is Mitch yelling at you? And so you've got to realize that kid is torn mm. because that kid is loyal to his dad. Original father. He doesn't want to hurt his dad. Mm. He doesn't want to hurt his dad's feelings. And so he is going to be resistant because he's like, you're not my dad. Yeah. You can't discipline me because I've heard it from my own stepdaughter. You're not my mom. Mm. You're right. I'm not your mom. I'm another parent who is here to love you and to show you the right way of life. So So in those situations, it's not necessarily the kid is he doesn't the kid doesn't know what to do. Yeah. He wants to protect dad, but then I got to be loyal to mom, so I have to accept this new person. He's a kid. It's a kid dealing with adult problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Literally, that's Literally. crazy. Wow. Literally. Yeah. That is true because is what happens is some, and I'm going to say the word single moms are bad about this. They start putting the adult problems on, on a child. Kid. Mm-hmm. So it's what has. Well, what does she look like? What, you know, is she skinny? Is she, do you think she's prettier? That, you know, it's all these things. Yeah. What do her and dad do? Yeah. And so sometimes that kid is just in a no win situation. Yeah. And it's really, it's, I, 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 thank you for pointing that out because that's, it's a really tough thing to see. Even like I have friends who've gone through divorce, date, dated, remarried. I have kids even who, come to the programs I, I, I'm a part of and and they're like you know I'm like hey such and such is here to, your mom's here to pick you up that's Betty she's not my mom ah okay <laughs> see how that's going at home so I, I think it's also very it's very 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 crucial like that adults act like adults yeah. you know you know like it, even even that the whole well what does she look like or is he yelling at you it's like man like as another adult, I should rec- you would hope that you would be able to recognize that the issues that I had with your mother don't spill over to you. Yeah. And I think that's the really, really unfortunate part about the discipline aspect yeah. that, like she's pointing out, that we you know, maybe, maybe haven't even touched on is that sometimes a kid is just acting out or reacting out of an adult kind of almost projecting onto them where they are emotionally because they feel some type of way about another man or woman, you know, kind of coming into that parental space. That is absolutely what it is because especially in a situation where the parents can't co-parent. And so it's kind of like, who's the biggest snitch in the house? It's the kid. And the parent knows that. And so the parent is drawing all that information from the kid. Yeah, yeah. And then is what happens is we want to talk to that kid like an adult. Mm. And one time someone told us, we were like, we're having a hard time communicating with her. And they looked right at us and said, it's because you're an adult. You have to come down to their level. You have to bring your brain to a 13-year-old brain. And communicate them with them on their level. So, so in those in those moments, and not to like if I'm going too deep or if you can't share, 
when it comes to the discipline aspect, is that something where it gets defaulted to the original father or the, there's some type of way to find a middle ground? You, you kind of find a middle ground. You can't go in the door automatically going, I'm going to discipline this child. Thanks. So you kind of have to let that child get attached to you. You know, you have to let them come to you sometimes. You kind of have to sit back and go, okay, I'm going to wait for this child to realize I'm here and that I love them and that I want to see them do the right thing. And a lot of times, if it was something really that I didn't feel like I could handle, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to talk to Dad. Dad and I will get back with you. You know, and so you kind of, or, you know, if it was something that I felt like he needed to hear directly from her, I would be, hey, thanks for sharing that with me. But now when dad gets home, I'm going to give you about 30 minutes from the time he gets home to tell him or I'm going to have to tell him. And then, like, when it comes to things where they were girls, of course, (laughs) it's different. So she would come to me and be like, hey, I want to learn to shave my legs or, you know, the feminine things that we have to do. And so I got where I would be like, okay, you need to take that to mom. If mom hasn't talked to you or told you in 30 days or two weeks or two visits or however old she was to be able to count the time, you come back to me. Because you have to walk that fine line. Man, that's fire. That's fire. Yeah, wow. Walk a fine line there because you're a parent. I'm her parent, but I'm not her mom. And and by doing so, you're actually honoring her mother in that as well. You have to, you know, there's too many. I'm going to kind of bash on the ladies here so y'all get ready. There's too many ladies who do one of two things they date a single dad and they don't realize that single dad is a package deal. That package deal is the child, but it is also the biological mom. Mm -hmm. It's a package deal because you are going to deal with that biological mom for the rest of that child's life. You've got graduations. You've got weddings. You've got birthdays. You've got grandkids. The biological mom is part of the package. So it's a package deal. And I don't care if that dad tells you, oh, you'll never have to deal with her. Yes, you will. Yeah, that's You're going to go to, like, a football game. You're <laughs> going to go to avoid a it. game. It's going to happen. Yeah. School, plays, parties, it's a package deal. Then you've got the woman who goes, oh, my gosh, that's my new mini-me. I'm going to step in and be a mom. No, you're not. She has a mom. Mm. You're not her mom. I have never called my, I've never referred to myself as my stepdaughter's mom. I'm her parent. Mm. She has a dad. She has a mom. Now, she is an adult now, and the mom and her have a very failed relationship. There is no communication. I am now mom. Mm, Wow. You're the one that raised me. And that's a title that she put on her, she she gave to you. She put that title on me. But that was not my title to give myself. Is she cooking, bro? So she cooking. This has been another episode of Black Man Do Talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're going to go ahead and wrap it up, buddy. Nah, man, it's, it's so interesting, too, because um, we talk about the whole aspect of co-parenting. And obviously, I, I'm, I don't have any children. But 
it always hurts me. Like when I hear parents speak ill of the mother or father in front of the kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, like, like they're always listening. They're always paying attention. And they're going to suck that in and, and, and allow that to get in their minds and their hearts and their spirits. And for me, I'm like, it's, it's always something I try to call out on the spot because I know how kids have taken that and ended up bringing that to me as just a counselor and a mentor and a disciple. And the way they communicate is, oh, man, my mom hates my dad. My dad hates my mom, right? And the only reason they're able to say that is because how they communicate with each other and how they cooperate with each other. And if there's no cooperation and it's just, hey, we're competing, yeah. this one's trying to show this one's better than the other, you're trying to, you're trying to hey, look, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a friction that you're make, trying to make a kid choose who to choose <laughs> is already out of the system. Well, it's, it's selfish because yeah. what happens is now you're, you're more focused on what you can gain and trying to provide something for that for that child. Yeah. I want to gain a foothold. I want to gain the title, right? I want to gain the respect. I want to be the favor. I want to be this. I want to be that. And it and, and it becomes about you and what you and I think what happens is you forget. And that's I it's it's so funny cuz like parents are like they'll tell themselves. I'm I'm like they tell themselves. I'm like you just don't you don't even hear yourself right now. Literally, I'm on the I've been on the phone with parents. And we'll I, we'll be talking about something completely unrelated to to the other to, to the to the step parent or the or, or the or the biological parent, and it'll be like, yeah, you know, well, I've got to do all this, that, and the third because their real mom or their real dad really isn't really doing what they need to do, and I'm like, hey, are they gonna be at the field trip on time or not? <laughs> I don't I don't really know how we got here, but you know, and it's it's sad because then when that child comes and they say things like. Even even if it's small, like calling the 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 step parent by their first name, it's like ah, that's a telltale sign. There's no respect there. You know what I'm saying? That's a telltale sign, and it doesn't just happen by chance. That is learned. That is something that is allowed. And so I think when we when when when, when you're in those situations, you got to remind yourself it's not about how I feel in the context of what's best for the child. It's not about what you feel. It's always going to be about what is best for this child. It's yeah. all and, and, and disrespect to an adult, never, never is that is never the answer. And that's a, that's a tough part too, because I'm seeing situations where a man has been defrauded publicly, shamed publicly, lies have been told on him, and then in the in the separation or in the divorce or whatever it may be, man, all that's being sown because a lot of times men don't have full custody. Is everything the man, every everything the woman is saying, mm-hmm. and yeah, man, yeah. it's. I, I remember, I remember one of the men who who had to go through that, and uh, well, I guess it's currently going through that. He told me it was so hard not to try to sow seeds of separation from what she was saying, because it's like, hey, no, 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 I am a good guy because, or I am. He's he's like he's like, bro. What's crazy is I just kept being the man I was, and the kids saw it themselves. The older they got. Absolutely. It's like you don't have to sit there and prove like and and it's it's tough to hear that when you're going through a separation. It's like it's like, man, but I try to be an encouragement. Hey, the the men I know have gone through this 
don't try to defend your honor. No. Because yeah. your honor will do yeah. that itself. Yeah. And the kids will grow up Facts. and start to see, wait, she was always saying this, but didn't he always do this? Wait, you yeah. were always speaking yeah. negatively about this, yeah. but I never experienced that. And he, he always spoke, every time he was around us, he spoke positively of you and never shamed you. So how come it was always... They grow up and sit. Their eyes open, and one of the hardest things to do is to sit back and wait for the eyes to open. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard because you want to defend yourself. You want to defend dad. You want to defend. But their eyes, and it, I'll be honest with you, it comes about 13, 14, 15. The eyes open up, and they go, Wait. This is not okay, but you were saying, like, about the parents talking bad about the other parent in front of the kid. You have to realize this, what that does to the kid. It puts them in a situation where they have to lie to a parent. Oh, so, wow, yeah. Okay, you've got mom, and I hate, I, I keep kind of getting on the moms here, but mom, there's a lot of moms out there who abuse their kids as a weapon against dads. It happens. So you've got mom over here bad-mouthing dad. So then the child comes home, is acting different. Dad's like, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong? What did mom do? What did mom say? The child doesn't want to hurt dad's feelings and tell dad what mom said. So then the child has to lie to protect dad. Like dad, dad. That's a compromising position. And so then it turns out you've got this child who's lying at both houses to try to protect two parents because they're loyal to their parents. And so it just creates chaos. Yeah. And then it, I hate to say it, once the lion starts, you gotta keep it, it just keeps going. Yeah, keep it, it up. Keeps yeah. Until they just get tired of it at what point. So, so what have you seen, like, that fester into in the long run? Well, I mean, it festers in, so like, you know, we all know right now 50-50 custody is the big thing. So you've got two complete different lifestyles. For us, our home was stable. We had the house. It was a family unit. We, had, we cooked meals, ate meals together. Then for a week, it was go to mom's house. Mom has hurried woman syndrome. It's eating Chick-fil-A in the car. Mom's dating, doing all this. Go, go, go. No discipline. Can be a slob. So then when the child comes back to our house, it takes three to four days of the seven days to get that child acclimated back to we have rules, we don't act that way, we don't do that at our house. So then she goes back over here, and it's free-for-all for for seven days. And so they're constantly, there's very rarely that they go from house to house and it's the same. You've always got one parent, whether it be dad or mom, that has no rules. And then they have to come back to a house where they follow rules. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's hard on them. And then you can yeah. realize these children are living out of backpacks and bags. Yeah. Their, their life is in a bag. Because maybe mom doesn't have the clothes she likes to wear, so she's loading them up in a bag and taking them over there. Or maybe yeah. she doesn't, you know, dad doesn't have all the things, you know, the makeup and all the toiletries. That, so they literally live out of a bag. Wow. So sometimes when you see all these kids taking three or four bags to school, you have to wonder, God, are they switching houses today? Mm-hmm. 
Now, wow. we got where we wouldn't let her take a bag. We were like, when mom picks you up from school, you need to come by and get what you want. Yeah. Okay. But they learned to live out of a bag. They learned to be mobile at all times. Indeed. So what would be an encouragement to the co-parents out there for yourself? No matter how you feel about the other parent, you don't talk bad about the other parent in front of your kid, and you have... You like, you know, we heard, we had to go back to court and one of the classes or whatever, the lady was like, the parents need to remember y'all liked each other well enough at one time to lay down next to each other and create this kid. So y'all need to act like you like each other. Even if you don't, <laughs> you got to act like you like each other for the kid. Yeah, there you go. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She came with it. She came with it. Oh, I thought you was getting up. I was like, okay, come cook. Just a second. Ready for the? We ready for the second course? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Absolutely, absolutely. One one thing that you were you were talking about, Mitch, that I think I want to go back to and touch on is, I guess the 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 desire. Come on, come on. It's camera Come on down. Um, but that, that like innate desire to defend yourself is something that I think is a, it's a, it, especially when like the, it's a, it's a, like a bold faced lie. Like it's just literally not the truth. You're forced to play the long game. You're, it's such, it's such a hard thing to fight. And, I mean, even like we've we've sat in conversations where we've listened to somebody lie on somebody else that we know. That's facts. And it's like, and, I, and, and even as we challenge this person who's lying, it's like, man, you don't even hear yourself right now. And that, but that person will just go on trying to create this false reality. And I, I never forget. I remember just looking at a, a friend, being on the phone at two a.m. with a friend who's literally looking at, um, at this point ex-wife just tearing him up on, 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 on IG. And I'm like, dog, the last thing you want to do is create a back and forth. Don't do that. Because here, here's, what, here's really what it comes down to. I think when you give in to that desire, I think on some level you're telling God that I can defend myself better than you can. <laughs> and I think the tough part is the timing that God chooses to bring about the truth and the timing we desire for the truth to be revealed rarely ever match up. And so God's like, wait, wait. And you're like, all right, God, it's been six months. Go strike him down. Nah. All right, God, I came out the pit. I'm, in, I'm, serving, I'm serving in the house. Oh, here comes a sexual assault allegation. Now you got to go to jail. You know what I'm saying? Oh, all right, God, I'm in the jail. How long I'm be here? I'm telling dreams. I'm doing all these things. Before you look up, it's 13 years before I get to the promise that you gave me. Wow. How long do I have to wait? So I think that that desire, that desire will take away what God is trying to prepare you for. And really the truth coming out with Joseph's story, the truth, I don't know if the truth ever really got revealed, but it was so minuscule by the time he got to where the Lord was trying to get him. Uh Sometimes your name is not what the Lord is trying to fortify. It's his kingdom. And sometimes you got to get drugged through the mud for him to build that stone upon your name. 
So really it comes down to, bro, like, is it your name that you want to lift up? Is it your name that you want to live forever? Is it your name? Is it your good name that you want to preserve? Or is it like the kingdom? Is it the plan? Is the purpose that the Lord has bestowed upon you? And if this person is dragging you... There's a there's a little nigga in high school that be doing Rance Allen impressions and I seen him, bro. Oh, that dude is spot cold, on. though. He's he cold, though. He's cold with it. Though. Yeah, man, that's all I wanted to say. Do you mind? I have a a perspective of what you just said, but I probably please join us. Yes. Name. Yes. Introduce yourself if you if you, if you like to. You so to. my name is Imani. It's um. So back to what you were talking about when you said how long. My experience with God, and you can even go in your Bible and look at this, before you ask, you are heard. Before you seek, it is already found, and it is already done. So when you were talking about how long, well, the first thing I'll ask you was, was that person standing in conviction despite what was going outside of themselves. Something I always tell myself are, conditions are conditions, but God. Because that's the period. There is no, oh, well, the condition is more than God. No, there's nowhere on this land, in this reality, in this realm, in this world, where you can step that God isn't. Indeed. So knowing so, he has control. Yeah, yeah, knowing he has control. And then the other thing, the thanksgiving if you are grateful every day for the little things you have, God will flow that abundance in. It's not limited on just what you like to have right now that hasn't showed up. For inside of you is God. The I am is inside of you. Your conviction. If I decided one day I wanted to be wealthy, every day I would say inside of myself, I am wealthy. Until it shows up and I would give thanksgiving when it came and before it came. So that's, to answer you that question, that conviction matters, no matter what you see outside of yourself. I've had situations to where all perceivable hell broke loose in the past, and I had to stand firm in that conviction. So I feel like even when it comes to parents, we're talking about identities. We're talking about a mother. We're talking a father. We're talking a child. Well, who did that father say he was before he got into that relationship and laid down with his perceivable wife in that moment? Who was that wife before she laid down with that husband? And that Were they happy with who they were before they got into that moment? Or were they seeking fulfillment in that relationship and they forgot about who they were? They forgot about God. That's something you got to ask yourself at the end of the day. And even when you bear a child, when a mother bears a child, she's different than the woman she was when she had no children. When a woman becomes a stepmother, she has to learn a whole new identity, as she was saying previously. It's no longer about, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to be with this man and we'll try to make it work. No, you literally have to tend you have to be there for that child because in that same child, God is. And you, God is. There is no separation. It's all one. Indeed. So. 
Have you, have you, have you like had to do with a co-parent situation? No. So I've never had to do, I grew up in a family. Uh, my mom had married at least three times. So I grew up and I had a father that I had a father that just went through a lot of stuff. He didn't know who he was. He had a lot of pain and he was figuring out his life. I had a mother that raised two children by herself, had to struggle, had to, I'm not even say struggle because she did it flawlessly. She never showed her struggle. She never showed she had less than. And those moments when I did get a stepdad, I never called my stepdad his name. I called him Mr. Darrell. I never called him dad. I always called him as if he was a lieutenant or a sergeant because that's just his personality. And I would say, hey, Mr. Darrell. But there were things that Mr. Darrell gave me that my dad at that time could not give me. There was things that Jesse, my mom's other husband, gave me that Mr. Darrell couldn't give and my dad couldn't give. So it's like nothing separates God the giver and God the gift. When a woman who's a wife asks for a husband and she has a child, God gives that woman a husband that will be able to. But the, the biggest thing is standing in conviction no matter what happens. Because one day, you know, that relationship could go bad. But as soon as you believe it's over, it is over. It is done. Indeed. Hey, so first of all, I can always get a gauge of millennials or people who have started to do work or even, like, have done work on daddy trauma mommy trauma, things like that, because the way that they speak of them. And I just want to say, you know, the way that you honor all of your stepfathers and the way that you honor even your father, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> shout out to that. <laughs> nah, for real, for real, because, you know, um, I think the toughest part for children is around that 13-year-old age when they start to realize my hero bleeds. You know, like this is, what well, you're human, I thought you were never wrong. I thought you would never let me down. I thought you could never fail. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, oh, wait, you've been failing this entire time. You have to reconcile that in your mind of this person you put on a pedestal and built up. And then you start to see even more flaws. And it's even tougher when things were hidden. You have to reconcile, wait, so what was real, right? As a child, that's a lot to bear. It causes a lot of confusion and it's not till you finally get the ability to find a clean mirror and be like, oh, that's me too. I have my own flaws. Mm -hmm. They were figuring out what they could with what they had. And so now I'm inclined to show grace to the former because I'm like, man, I don't want to separate where I am in your image because even in the aspects that I am you, I am my father. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, I don't deny it. I want to push back on it because the gifts that he's allowed me to have, the talent he's allowed and, 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 and chiseled and, and grew in me, even the, the, the nonsensical, the weird, the ADHD, the, the rambunctious, the, you know, all that stuff is me as well, right? But I honor all those parts of him because if I don't, I may be subject to even fail as he has or even fail worse than he has 
if I'm not able to take those as lessons. So I'm able to, in the same way, my mentor, you know what I'm saying, the guy who, um, some, somebody who mentored me two years ago, he, he ended up stealing uh, just north or south of $12,000, $16,000 from me. And I, I don't speak negatively of him because he taught me a great lesson, contracts. I was like, man, you know, he was a great mentor. And his, his greatest lesson he taught me was always sign contracts. Because I took an L on that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, and, yeah. and before that, I, I had no sign or even, like, any type of indignation that he, he was going to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But the moment he did, at the time, I was pissed. Mm-hmm. The time, I was angry. At the time, I was, I was like, man, thank you for teaching me. You know, I'm not going to work with him no more. Yeah. But at the <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> that actually, no, absolutely not. That yeah. actually reminds me of a movie like similar to the story you said. Um, it's called Revolver. It's from 2005 and it has Andre 3000 in it, Jason Statenham. And it's a movie just about like mental psychology. Yep, gotta watch that. Yeah, yep. you have to. Three like, stat- look, all his movies have been idolized. Uh, no, it's a really good movie and it really causes you to think. But what you're saying is right. There is duality. You know, in order for you to get to that next point where you would make a lot more money on contracts and stop yourself from being taken advantage of, you had to understand how to read a contract. Mm -hmm. You had to know how to, you know, negotiate, sit Mm -hmm. at a table with people and talk in a certain way that would get both parties feeling good to sign it. So. Yeah, but that's all I had to say. It was nice talking to you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Indeed, indeed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on up, come on up. You good. Come you on good. down. You got one. Talk to I us. I like the way you do business. Indeed, indeed. Well, my name is Rashandra. Um, and I'm going to take a, a little turn in the conversation. Oh, before you turn, could you get up on that mic? Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Indeed. Sorry, sorry, there sorry. we go. Turn is us. That, is that better? Go ahead. That's great. Okay. Y'all can hear better now, right? Okay, perfect. Um, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a turn in conversation, right? So, let's just go back to, you know, dads disciplining children, Please right? Do. My dad passed away when I was six, so I didn't really have my dad. But my mom was, you know, in a relationship and things like that. Now, my question to you guys is, when is it too far of a discipline for an parent that's not kind of like your dad? Although there is no dad in the picture and things like that. But what would you say is the length of like, okay, well, this is just too much. You're not really her biological parent, although the dad is not there physically. But when do you say enough is enough? Yeah, so I think uh, the most important part about a question like that is, is as much as there may be books on how to discipline, books on how to uh, communicate, books, TikToks, memes, etc. Every person is an individual, and so there's ways that I was disciplined that my parents gauged that they could not discipline my little brother with. There's ways that my little brother was disciplined that my parents gauged that they couldn't do the same for my older brother. I'm the child of middle child of three, right? So I think when you talk about what is too much, there's times when you're going to have a kid who's a little bit more sensitive than your others, a little bit more reserved than your others. And so if I'm sitting here trying to have a lengthy conversation with a child who struggles with speaking and being social, right, um, 
for example, we had I had to discipline some of the kids. <laughs> what was it last week or the week before? Last week, yeah, we, we, we last. Oh wow, it was last week. They were out there wild, and one of the kids fell because he was running. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm thinking somebody hit him. I'm thinking, you know, there's just a lot of stuff going on. But um, one thing I learned in the way of discipline for that situation, I said, hey, because when, when, when something happened where one of the kids ended up play choking, choking another kid, right? And so I said, hey, you, t-, he's like, oh, he, he did this to me. I was like, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell me what happened, but only tell me what you did. But what he, I said, no, no, no. Tell me everything that happened, but only what you did. That's going to be hard, but just just do it. That's okay, cool. I was doing this, and then I did this, and, and then I did this. Okay, now I hear your side, right? And so by doing so, they're taking responsibility for the actions that they did, and I'm able to gauge, okay, everything you did, everything you did. And, of course, it's like, yeah, but you also did this. And I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm listening and engaging. Right, I'm listening and engaging. And by doing so, I'm, 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 I'm hearing each, each of their hearts and their thoughts. And I'm like, okay, is he really hurt? Or he just wanted, to, he wanted the audience. Is he, is he really struggling? Is, he, is that kid really mad that, you know what I'm saying, he fell? Or he just needs some attention? And he's making his elbow thing, even though he high-fived me right after that. And I was like, your elbow good? <laughs> you, just want, you just wanted somebody to pay attention to you. You, you. you needed some attention at this moment. And so I think that, Gauging who you're talking to as a child a lot of times. These are children. As a child is important because you can't discipline the same across the board. So um, too far is too far when uh, not so much you see a result of too far because a lot of times kids will internalize things and not even communicate that they're hurt even from what you just did, right? So there's levels to where Kids can experience hurt and trauma. I remember I was in therapy, um, one of my first sessions, right? I was in therapy, and, you know, I'm talking about, you know, me, me growing up in uh, the, the country with, my, with my, 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 my grandparents, stuff like that. And I was just talking about my experience, you know, uh, getting dogs sicked on me, having tools thrown at me, being thrown in a sticker bush, getting chased up the stairs, stuff like that, the type of things I had to do. I had to pressure my hands on my fingers and press up against the wall and stay there for hours, held my hands up for hours, stuff like that. And I was like, yeah. And she said, stop. You know, that's abuse, right? I said, ain't no abuse. I'm telling you like what what happens. Like, no, no, stop. That's not natural. And I was like, I guess it ain't natural. Nobody gets thrown in a sticker bush and have a bike thrown on them. That's true. I don't see that on Disney Channel. It's a lot more peaceful, right? <laughs> Disney Channel was very peaceful. You feel me? I'm like, I want to get disciplined like our colleague got disciplined. Things got resolved Go to your so room. peacefully so in Disney Channel. So I can lift up the window and hop out with the rope of clothes right. <laughs> that, <laughs> that holds oh so tightly. I would love for my discipline to end in a unison song and dance you feel with me? everybody. Yeah, I didn't get that. I was, <laughs> but, but it was by, by her literally just calling it that. Right, I normalized it, okay. and so I can't even base it off of well, did it work? Because a lot of times, it working could be them internalizing trauma that can affect them in the future. So I also don't make it a thing of like, oh, well, did I get the results I desired? Right? Were they did they fear me? Were they able to complete the task I wanted to them to in the beginning? <laughs> did they fear me? You feel me? Like 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 
the the aspect of me having to dominate control over some I think as long as the environment is controlled you know and so my my best job I can yeah. do is control the environment not the child so I, that's that's the best I can give especially somebody who's only worked with kids and never actually had a, a person in my own image or somebody that uh I was taking in to my environment on a long-term basis I guess unless Duke counts then I that definitely you know I definitely had custody over him Yes, yeah, so I guess I have been parent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, controlling the environment. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I guess the only reason why I kind of ask that is because, you know, when there is a, a male figure that kind of steps into a woman's life, well, a woman does, of course, anywho, um, to where it comes like, okay, well, I want to trust you as this, you know, father figure in my life to be able to say, hey, I need to talk to you about this, although I don't know if I can talk to my mom about it because of X, Y, and Z, because of, you know, just certain situations that come about. But it's like, okay, well, you haven't even built that trust with me from a young age just because of the simple fact of the only relationship or I don't even want to call it communication that we had with each other was only if I were to get into trouble. Now you have something to say to me. Now you want to do X, Y, and Z. But... It's like, dang, well, if there was actual communication or relationship, then certain things could have been talked about when it comes to a trust aspect of, okay, well, now you're in my mom's life. Yes, you're not my dad, but you're here. Be here and be present. Because <coughs> although, you know, even when it goes back to, oh, I wouldn't want to date a single mom or I'm not going to go through that, um, date a single mom, but sometimes when parents do have children, and they don't have a male figure in their life, it's like, okay, well, who do we turn to? Or who can we turn to for certain situations if, quote-unquote, we don't trust our mothers enough to say, hey, like she even said, you know, hey, I need you to help me with X, Y, and Z. Sometimes we're like, because we know they're our biological parents, we're like, dang, I don't think I want to tell them that, but I'm going to tell this other adult. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, the, thing of the, the thing about discipline is, like, it, it's corrective, but it's it's also a means to preserve an existing relationship. So what you're talking about is like the basis of your relationship is only correction. And that's not a real relationship. Even when you consider how the Lord deals dealt with us and continues to deal with us, disciplining us is a means to correct behavior, but to also preserve our relationship with him. Because he's like, hey, if you do these things, you can't be in relationship with me. That's the love part. Because to get you back in good standing with me, we have to go through certain things. I have to do. I have, a, I have to allow certain things. You have to, even and even like things like when you go through Leviticus, you don't think of like all the things they had to do to in, in terms of the sacrifices, down to what they wore and what they had to sacrifice and what they had to kill and when they had. You don't look at that as discipline. But that's what that is. That is providing a structure and a means to correct what was wrong so that you can preserve the relationship, so that our relationship can continue to flourish, can continue to exist. So when you only base a relationship off, off uh, off of correction, that's not real discipline. That's just punitive. And so what, what real change do you get? You get, you get performative behavior, right? Mm. I'm going to do this because I know if I don't, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. I'd rather not get yelled at. Right. I, what, what do you get? You get a relationship that is, you get a relationship, a pseudo relationship based out of fear. 
So now I can't. I I I I I don't mess up, but I also can't come to you. So you think you have you? I have a good child. No, you have a scared child. And so when they deal with things, what happens? They run to other things. They run to other vices, right? So I think if discipline is the only means to your relationship, it's it's punitive because discipline is not the foundation of a relationship. That's not foundational. That is a vital piece to relationship, but that's not foundational. So I, I think I think if I was to actually answer completely, I think it's too far when it's no longer loving. Discipline is too far when it's no longer foundationally in love. And understanding that the purpose of discipline is because I love you in the first place. Right. In the same way the scripture says, the Lord chastises those whom he loves. Right. Yeah. If yeah. I don't love you, like if I don't judge you, I don't love you. If, if I don't actually come in and step in and say, hey, this is wrong, and I'm allowing you to do what you want to do, I can't say I love you. Right. Right. right? right. And so I know the people who love me because I know they'll call me out of my, my issues and my wrong and my blind spots. And so I'm, I'm honored by the fact that I'm surrounded by people who love me enough to tell me my breast stinks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> who love me enough to tell me I got something in my eye. Who love me enough to tell me that, hey, fam, like, like you shouldn't have posted that. That's going to be taken the wrong way. Yeah. You know, you got yeah. to you you watch how you move. Right? Things like that. And for me, I, I can either puff myself up and be like, man, you can't tell me that. You, or understand that I'm a man and I can grow. And I can't grow unless I have people around me that can challenge me. And, and even and even with that, like how you receive discipline, like how somebody receives discipline or even correction, like we also have to be mindful in our expectation of that. Because even just to use our relationship, there's been times where I've called him out or he's called me out. And in the moment, neither one of us handled it well. But we come back and we're able to see it. So like the thing about it is I've seen people like call somebody out. And the, the reaction of that person that they're calling out is not good. And so at, at that moment, they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. This person can't handle it. You're not trying to be held accountable, yada, yada, yada. They run the gambit, and they just throw that person away. Sometimes we have to realize that in correction, it takes time. When you correct somebody, do not correct them with the expectation that there's going to be an change. instantaneous change. That's not graceful. That's not loving either. Because the tough part is, is that a lot of times what we're wanting to do is to change their thoughts. Right. And that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Yeah. Exactly. It's never going to, if, cause here's the thing. I can think something and never operate in the way that I think. Yeah. People should be free to think whatever they can. Cause that's just your thoughts. Your you, mind processes things. What do you act on? You know what I'm saying? It's what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Cause Hey, the way that you thought affected how you act and how you acted affected this environment. Yeah. Were you cool with that? I know I, I, nothing's wrong with how you thought, but do you realize how this caused a chain reaction that was negative for everyone here? Right. Or negative for right. this system? It wasn't a net positive for what we're trying to create in this workspace. Have your free thoughts, but don't then go and place your thoughts and actions on other people. Because at the end of the day, I think that uh, the, the, the tough part is, when, when, especially in discipline with kids, um, using Duke as a, as a, as a, as a, uh, as a situation. Um, he's a, he's a young and I met in the juvenile detention system at, uh, 16, 17 years old. And it got to the point where literally, you know, after meeting him inside, discipling him, mentoring him on the outside to where, you know, I got so close to him that one day his parents dropped him off at my house and leave him there. 
you know, and next thing you know, two days later, I'm signing over to, they're signing over the rights, legal rights as me as his guardian, you know, and so I'm literally his parent by the government standards, right? And this was one of the most uh, conflicting kids I ever worked with just because everything I put him into, we went to one shelter, youth shelter, he gets kicked out of that one. One host home, he gets kicked out of that. Another um, youth shelter, he gets kicked out of that one. To the point where I literally took him through every youth shelter in the DFW area, and he just got removed from them. The ones that were available. He ended up having to go to another place uh, up north that was like hours away. He gets kicked out of that one. Ends up back out. And so I remember it was this one time when we were uh, at a, a certain place I was dropping him off at, and he just wouldn't go in. So I'm not going in there. Like they were in there um worshiping, praying and stuff like that. Nah, forget that. I was like, you you like take take me somewhere else. I was like, bro, I don't know where else to go. He's like, your street hymns, we'll figure it out. I said, Oh. <laughs> okay. Think it's okay. sweet. So at that point, you know, <laughs> discipline Mitch kicked in. Yes, and one thing about discipline, Mitch, I will never lose a patience battle to a child. I stand on that. So I sat there and for me, it was either I drop you back off in Dallas or you about to get back into that gang activity or you can find your way back yourself, but I'm not taking you back to Dallas. You staying right here. That was it. That's the only options he had. You either go in there or we going to sit and wait and you can find it. You can finally, can you at least take me back to where I was so I can get him saying I can at least have something. I was like, no. That's the problem. That's the problem. You're going to get right back into the stuff he was already into. Yeah. And so after he literally takes the papers that my garden papers, rips them up, throws them overside. After he does that, yelling at me, threatening me, right the, to the where the center's like, hey, so is he coming in? Like, this, we can't have this outside. It's getting, uh, the guys in there are getting tense. I said, we good. I literally had to take him across the street. I sat outside um, till 2.30 a.m. in the morning and just sat on the curb, just sat there. Sat there. After two hours or so, he stops yelling. Hey, man, can we at least go in the car, man? We get, I'm getting bit by mosquitoes. I said, I am too, bro. I am too. Jeez. He's like, man, bro, I, I don't understand, bro. Like, like, why you want me to go in there? So I said, I ain't got nothing else for you, bro. And then it got to the point, right around the two, two o'clock era. Mind you, this is after four hours of this. He's like, man, why do you treat me like this? I don't deserve this. Like, you should just give up on me, bro. I don't even want you to sit here and wait for me no more. Just go home, bro. I'll find something out. I said, bro, I want you so much to make the right decision, bro. I'm here with you. And I believe in you. He ain't never had nobody believe in him. He never had nobody sit there and call him out on this nonsense. So, discipline at that moment wasn't me yelling back. Discipline at that moment wasn't me lashing out or even saying, hey, let's get these push-ups out the way. Hey, hey, hey I'm, I'm, I'm taking away PlayStation. I'm taking away food. I'm taking away. He had nothing. But he never sat. He never sat in silence. So I just sat there. And that discipline convicted him enough to where he's like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have treated you like that. I'm sorry I ripped up the papers. I'm sorry. So... I think a lot of times when we consider what discipline is, it's not always a direct action that is caused to make a reaction. Yeah. 
but it could just be waiting and just sitting and allowing them to think through what they're thinking. Because if it's their thoughts we're wanting to impact along with the heart, a lot of times allow them to think it so they can at least go through the mental processes of like, man, there's some cognitive dissonance going on in my mind. You say you love me. I want to accept this love, but I'm treating you like this. Sometimes you just got to wait. And through that waiting, that conviction hits. And then change happens. So, um, for me, I think that, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoy discipline because I appreciate the moment of revelation. Right. The tough part is you don't always get to experience that firsthand. There's kids, like I said, I didn't realize the seeds I sown until years later. And these kids hit me up or I see them as an adult. It's like, hey, you remember me? I'm like, nah, who are you from? He was like, bro, I was, you were my counselor. Man, thank you so much, man. I was like, well, you was that bad kid. He was like, yeah, man, I'm sorry, bro. I got a kid now, man, and man, it's just how old I am now, bro. I'm getting there. <laughs> and I got a kid now, I'm man. And I can, I'm not going to do it. Show my it. age, man. That's crazy. 32 out here. Nah, um. Huh? Hey, bro. <laughs> Wrong way. You know what? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Nah. But yeah, it was it's 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 one of those things for me. Um, I'm, I I appreciate being able to just go in life and then sometimes stumble across seeds I forgot I saw that becomes a harvest. You know the in, the lives I've impacted, and then just seeing the the, the 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 ripple effect of like, man, that's right. I forgot I even did that. And those moments, I feel so overjoyed because I'm like, man, I doubt myself sometimes. I doubt what God has done through me. And what I do as a man and, and how I value the earth, you know what I'm saying? Because I look at my flaws and what I've done wrong. Man, God always has a way of, like, reminding me of how faithful I've been, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and how I do steward. So, yeah. That's good. I, I feel like, you know, some parents, like he was saying, discipline and correction, you know, there's a difference between the two. And when a child is only getting love through discipline, that's when it's just like, well, why are they really being bad? You know, just from my experience, I was bad just a little bit. Um, but I was bad because the only, like I was saying, the only conversation I got from either my mom and I'm not going to call him my dad. I don't know what to call him. But anyways, um, was when I was bad. So it's like, okay, well, now. Sorry, that communication. Naturally. It's like, okay, well, this is the only thing that's going to, you know, open up. And it, I. I just feel like some parents forget that there's other forms of discipline rather than like your therapist said, you were being abused. Like, oh, well, that was natural. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's just what we did. Yeah. Right. It was normal. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and yeah. how much of it could we put, you know, on the child to say, oh, well, your kid is bad, but is my kid really bad? Or is they just acting out because this is the only attention that they get? Yeah, yeah. A I lot of times, that's, forget it, that aspect. Of that it. is a. I remember. I remember one time I was talking to Jasper. He was also a counselor with us, and he mentioned how it was a kid that kept getting in trouble because he kept falling asleep in class. And he basically said, "Hey, fam, like, I don't sit there and discipline the kids for falling asleep because if you know what they got to go home to, and never receive rest, and they're in a, they're in a place where they literally." feel safe enough to doze off. Yeah, yeah. 
like yeah. if you I think bro, of it like that, it's it's it bro, it's crazy. We had a, a a camp at summer camp. We had a kid. His name was Joseph, and Joseph was always mind you. Camp starts at noon. Okay. <laughs> And it's summer. (laughs) So, like, you know, camp starts at noon. Just keep that in mind. There was one day where, I kid you not, Joseph slept the whole day of camp. We were at lunch. He was asleep. We were doing activities. He was asleep. Free time, he was asleep. Time to go, watching a movie. He slept the whole day. And everybody's upset. Like, all the the staff are like, he needs to wake up. Y'all need to train, wake him up. I'm like, one, if the kid is sleeping... Through literal, like through free time, activity, kids in the gym, fun stuff. This is what kids. Lunch. This is what he wants to do. <laughs> this is what they want to do, and he's sleeping. I said that tells me enough to know I'm gonna let that boy sleep. Yeah. Two, I think sometimes we only look at the action, like you're talking about. Yeah. We only see the action. We never really investigate. Why? And I think if if you and again I, again I think that's where we get lazy and discipline. Good, we see right. what somebody does and that's we good. don't necessarily care enough to investigate why they're doing it because you can look at that you can look at that boy and be like that's disrespectful he should you know be paying attention and you know we we've got this bible lesson he needs to hear this like what i have to say is not more important than what he may need in this moment it's again it's not about me what does he need he's telling me he's he's tired he's sleepy he well he stayed up till 4 a.m he shouldn't have done that sure but it's a summer camp man like I, I care more about a safe space. I care more about a, a, a good environment than I do about him hearing this 25, 35-minute, you know, devotion that we got. It's not going to be the last time I tell this man Bible. <laughs> it's fine. Let him sleep. But, again, looking at the action Holy versus gosh. investigating the why behind it can be very, very dangerous when you talk about discipline. Thank you. Thank you. Who's next? Oh, oh we about to get blessed. We about to get blessed. Okay, came up here looking real summery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You came up here looking real summery. Too yeah, short to you what? Definitely are. Am I, too short for I think so. Oh wow. Probably. I just feel like I'm supposed to say something. So, um, I think it's just stuff to consider, like dating a single mom, um, coming from a single mom, but. I think it's a really silly question to keep asking guys if they would ever date a single mom. Um, just, I, I just think that question's silly only because. But I don't think that's anybody's expectation, like going into a relationship or finding love. But I think the reality is, is that there's a lot more single parents nowadays. So the possibility of you being with a single parent is a little bit higher. Yeah. And so I think some things to consider are for a woman that's been raising kids on her own for a while, having a man come in and like bring correction or discipline, it's, like, uncomfortable. Um, Not, like, an unhealthy uncomfortable, just, like, you're not used to that, you know? And, like, working with kids, I think that you can kind of see that. Whenever it's a female teacher that says something to a child, it's kind of taken a little bit lightly, but, like, whenever the man steps in, they got to say it, like, one time, and... (laughs) 
it's just like an authority piece that you guys have that's very, very helpful. But I think for a child that's not used to that, it can feel just very uncomfortable and like sometimes scary. So just like being aware of that. Um, But I also think from a male's perspective, if I... I have sons, and whenever they do get older, if they do find themselves, like, falling in love with a woman who, or dating a woman who has kids, I think I would want them to take a look and see if they have community, if they're, like, getting plugged into their church, um, if they're having, like, or seeking, like, a village for their child, Mm. Um, I think that's really important. And also just like pay attention to the way that a mother speaks on the other parent. Um, Because I know for me, my girls, they don't have their father in their lives. um, And that was just kind of by his choice. But I mean, whenever they have questions, we talk about it. But like she was saying, I, I honor him. Like, I think that maybe one day, God can restore that relationship when they're a little bit older. There's like some safety pieces to that too. So it would have to be like when they are adults. Um, And then, yeah, so I don't know. Pay attention to that. Um, And also just be mindful that like women with kids are a package deal and just like being in a long-term relationship, um, just be aware that, like, whenever that relationship, if it were to end, just, like, that piece of, like, the relationship that you had with the child, like, it doesn't always have to be, like, we're done, so I'm done with your child. If there's healthy boundaries in place, like, hmm. I have friends who are still in contact with their mom's ex-boyfriend from when they were, like, six years old, you know, so stuff like that, but I don't know. I think that's yeah, yeah, because they're literally developing a friendship Yeah. sometimes by default with the person that is, you know, overseeing them. It's like, man, it's a mentor, it's a friend, it's a leader. But a lot of times it's a parent, it's a mom, it's a dad. And then just because two parties weren't able to work it out, it is tough for the child to have to, without warning, just like, hey, get them out of your mind. They're no longer in your life anymore. That's wow. tough. That's, that's very tough. Yeah. So in ways that you've seen that, I don't know if you've seen, like, other kids that's affected by things like that. Like, how have you seen some children respond in situations like that? Like, what do you mean? Like, having to deal with, like, a, a, a cutoff, you know? Um. So I think I recently had to go through that with my kids. Um, my youngest daughter seven, and that's pretty much the time that I had that relationship for. Like, she's only ever known him. Um, but he was still there and still seeing them. But I think the hard part was for me was, like, they were kind of the ones making the effort and reaching out and, like, being the intentional one. And I think for me, I was just kind of, like, they're loving him how I loved him. And so I just had to sit them down and tell them kind of why I was choosing to like end that relationship for them. Um, and it was hard. It was tough. But I think it was helpful like for 
my community to be there, like men like you to talk to them and walk with them um, just through that loss. Like it's a loss. It's it's not fair. It sucks. It wasn't an easy decision. It's a something I talked to my pastor about, my counselor about, you guys about. And um, I mean, it's still kind of fresh and new, but they still bring him up. They remember lots of things like Mila brought up how he picked her up from school every day. And those are beautiful memories that I want them to have. Like we learned a lot from being in that relationship with him. Like, I think that especially for little girls, there's a lot of healing that takes place from being in another relationship, like having another man come and love you well. Mm. Um, And I guess that's something else to consider, too, is like whenever you are coming into a relationship, it's not all the way healed, like with children, like they need to see a healthy um, relationship with a man and like. That's where a lot of healing comes from. Indeed. Because you work with a lot of kids. You work yeah. with a lot of kids. Yeah. And I think that uh, dealing with it from the perspective of with a loss, this is now something that in my 32 years, I just started exploring what grief looks like in the last two. You know? Like dealing with losses of my best friend who was shot and killed at uh, 20, you know, and dealing with losses of my relatives, grandmother, grandfather, other grandmother, dealing with losses of the the kid who I just told y'all about, Duke. He he got shot and killed this this year. Um, and I'm like, for me, there's always lives I got to impact. There's always things I got to do. There's always a show that has to be done. There's always other men. There's always, and for me, it was. Why am I going to sit here and focus on things I can't control? Why am I going to sit here and focus on a loss and mourn a loss when there's other things I can worry about and meditate on? And and so grief for me was something I ignored. I just tucked it away and pushed it aside because I I can always think about something else. Because if I sit there and think about that, that means I got to be sad. It means I got to be inactive and people need me. I got to be active. I got to be the strong one. So I never, I never grieved. And now I'm sitting here like, you know, looking back on all the things I internalized and how I got stuck in my body, literally. You know, it's affected some of my health. You know, it's, it's affecting how I am, you know, and, 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 and having those moments where I'm just able to sit back, reflect on the great times, and then understand that this is where I'm at, and grief is not a, thing you overcome but it's something you learn to grow with through time it's not something i'm like all right i'm finally over the death of my best friend <laughs> you know i'm not over that still you know but i've I'm, I'm i'm now learning what it's like to in the midst of honoring him as a person you know continuing life and growing you know um so i know it's tough when you know kids are literally having to deal with something called grief a loss of somebody that they have been essentially introduced to connect with. You know, like I wouldn't have known this person if it wasn't for the connection of us, you know, and now I'm having to mourn the loss of this person and I don't even know what mourning is. I don't even know what grief is, right? And so I think uh, addressing it as such, you know, and saying, hey, um, 
even in the situation, you know, um, or other situations I've seen just to the maturity to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry this is happening. Um, and I know this is going to hurt, you know, but, uh, this is the reality. You know, I think, I think, uh, you know, it's a necessary conversation. Um, but it's also a tough one. Um, but I loved how in the conversation you were talking about, or even conversations, you left a lot of the opportunity and openness for the other party. It's like, hey, go there and talk to them about it. However much they talk about it, if you want to talk about it afterwards, I'm here. But you always leave opportunity. Like, that's that's so dope, you know, so uh, shout yeah, out. Yeah, it makes me think about even, um, well, I have three other kids that are not biologically mine that we met, or, yeah, I met them through a ministry that we worked for, so I've known them for about like seven, eight years, um, but I feel like they grieve their biological mom, but they're also trying, they're breaking generational curses, and Thanks. so even with that, like, they're trying to restore their relationship with their mom, but they're just not well, I guess I'll just say that, um, but even with that, like, I have to respect that, like, that is their mom. I will always encourage them to keep praying and fighting for that relationship with her. But also, we do have, like, real talks about, like, what she struggles with and how they have to be aware with that piece of what their mom struggles with so that it doesn't come up in their lives, too, or how to fight that urge that their mom has as well. Um, and how to like love her in a healthy way, like having to put boundaries on the way that they love their mom. Like it's a lot, but yeah. like just staying by your child and like loving them through that and letting them express like their true emotions. Like you can't, sometimes they tell me things that like really upset me and I just want to be like, oh my gosh, I don't want you to go through that. Or I want to defend them, but it's just something that they have to figure out on their own. Thank you so much. Always we'll take one more guest. Always a pleasure. Isn't that yeah, Come I'll on. I'll take it. The legend himself. Indeed. I'm going to switch him. He said you ready for this. Indeed. How y'all doing tonight? My guy, introduce yourself. My name's Phil Foster. I met... Uh, Street, Mr. Bitch. Street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I don't name? know which name to call you. Yeah. Um, the other day over on the Purple Pill podcast and... Um, Great conversation. Yeah, it was awesome, man. We bounced some ideas back or back and forth for quite some. I mean, that Absolutely. went on for hours, it seemed yeah, like. Yeah. And it was uh, three hour conversation. I didn't realize it, yeah, it was that long it, by the time. It, yeah. it went for a minute, man. It was a good time. And um, you know, it's interesting that balance on that table because, you know, it's a lot of my opinions on a lot of things are really different. And I listened really closely to a lot of what these people have said today. And and uh, as well as you guys as well. So you know, I just wanted to circle all the way back to the very beginning of the conversation, sure. you know, and how you pressed him um, about would you date a single mom? It was interesting to me, you know, how you would be open to the prospects possibly. And your words were she needed to be exceptional, exceptional. And so I kind of wanted to exception to the rule, exception to the rule, you know, and so I wanted it's, to it's, like, it's like for you saying like, hey, I, I only date black men. But it's like if the Lord tells me, you know, what I'm saying that's. That's what that means. Yeah, no, yeah. Yes. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Except that's what an exception is. It's an exception to the rule. 
And so it's like you, you have a rule for yourself or you have a standard, you have preferences. And something that makes you outside of that, that's exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Plus. Yeah. And that's and and I can I can explain a little bit on that if you guys if you're comfortable with that. Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. You know, so it's interesting how you have two gentlemen that have two different perspectives on single mothers. And um, unfortunately, in this day and age, the way our society and where we are in this timeline, we have found ourselves where like this, the last uh, guest that was up here said that there's more and more single parents. And so I want to say this, um, when it comes to dating or getting with a woman that has children, I understand his perspective on wanting her to be an exceptional woman. And the reason why that is, is a lot of men have to work extremely hard for a very long time for a woman to give him attention. Okay, it takes a lot of effort and work for a man to develop himself into, a, into somebody that a woman will say, hey... I want to invest my future in. And so the past of a woman matters to a man, just like the future of a man matters to a woman. So the exceptionalism of a woman is why I believe you feel that way. She needs to be exceptional because you're actually taking on the responsibility of another man's children when you become a stepfather. And so like bananas, when she was your first guest, okay, when she came up here and uh, was talking about, you know, being a stepmom, absolutely, she was a stepmom to my daughter. And that is a very, very big responsibility that she took. And so a lot of the things that she shared with you guys was um, her personal experiences through that. And so I understand that where we are in the timeline now is understanding this. If you are a single parent, you definitely have to bring a level of exceptionalism if you're a woman in this day and age. Because, once again, he has to be responsible for your past. It doesn't make you a less of a human being or less of a person. It just means that he has had to work that much harder to secure a woman that already has a past with another man. You guys pretty quiet on that, man. I'm surprised you don't have anything to say. <laughs> and so, obviously, I have a lot. Of, I have big. I have a different take than yeah. a lot of people do, and, and probably a lot of your. I'm guests with you. Are, I'm yeah, with you. Yeah, and so um, sitting in this room tonight, you know, and saying that, I mean, it's like, geez, you know, you guys are pretty quiet about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, uh, well, tell them, uh, I guess, uh, kind of give a little bit, because we actually talked and uh, were introduced to each other on a podcast about self-improvement for men. Yeah. And like, oh, even though we might have had different opinions, we had one goal, and that was the betterment of the man of today. You know, and um, man, I, I loved even what you were able to talk about, because uh, I, I think in church, I think we do tend to over-spiritualize things and not just deal with the natural aspects of what's going on in people's lives. And so, you know, we do have people that are depressed. We do have people that are um, struggling with anxiety and things like that. And one of the things we were able to talk about in the podcast is like, yo, if somebody's depressed, a lot of times that can be solved sometimes with just dealing with things that are going on in the physical. Like you, you address maybe your testosterone levels are really just low. Absolutely. And there are things you can take to boost that so that competitive nature, that drive that you're supposed to have when you wake up to get things done is actually kick-started. And so things that are actually happening physically, obviously, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm here for prayer. I'm here for, you know, uh, supplication. I'm here for um, interceding. I'm here, I'm here for all that. I'm also here for just 
taking herbs. I'm also here for dealing with things and eating correctly for the purpose of bettering your mental and your physical so it can actually impact your spiritual, right? So I, th I think, man, you even dealing with that and also have some of your uh, your products here, man. He gifted me with some of these, bro. I ain't gonna lie. You feel me? I'm a little excited to start getting my T-levels up. <laughs> Boy, I'm, hey, I'm, if I've been killing it already, y'all about to see Super Mitch. Look at this. <laughs> We got the clean vegan protein he brought me. Super Mitch. It's Super a Mitch. I like that. It's I a wrap. I'm about to be T leveled up. I'm about to be teed up. Yeah, <laughs> got me. I'm out. Oh, I'm out. Not Super Mitch. Not Super Mitch. You, why don't you want Super Mitch? I don't know. It just I, sounds weird. I would agree with Indeed. that, though, that a, a lot of the issues that we have in today's society 100% fall on the shoulders of men. Yeah. I mean, fatherless homes. I mean, in the poor choices that men make along the way, you know what I mean? And I think that you guys mentoring these young boys and these young men and getting them on the right path is, is imperative. I think that there's a whole society of lost boys in this world. Yeah. And that is why we are where we are in the timeline as well. You know, because if you have a weak man in your house, your children are not under control 100%. And I think that um, when people tend to look the other way versus holding you know, their children accountable, holding those in their, in their realms accountable for their actions and their choices, you know, that weakness creeps in into everyone's home, everyone's lives, everyone's everything, you know, and so it's important for you as a man to be able to lead 100% from the front because everything squarely falls on your shoulders. And so once again, if you develop yourself as a man and you develop yourself as a human being that is a success once again, men are success objects to women. 100%. Are you, are you, she you, said, I think she said yes. Do you agree with me? <laughs> yeah. It, Absolutely, but when a woman looks at a man, she looks at him and says, man, he is successful, he's, a, he's handsome, he's in shape, he's got a great job, he can secure my future and my offspring, my children. He can take care of me. He's a godly man. This is the high seat. Do you need a mic, madame? This is, the, I mean, this is the discussion, right? Yeah, this is the discussion. This is yeah. the discussion. Discuss on. <laughs> You want to, we, we could pull up a chair if you want to, you know, I mean, if, if you, you want to talk or, uh, oh, come on up. Well, let's go. We actually have a fourth mic. Yeah, we got a fourth. Um, you I should can, use mine. I can literally share this Yeah, we mic. share it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, can come share Come on up. Come on, come on. Pick, pick a. Uh, pull a chair up for it. Pull a chair up. Yeah, put it right between the two. Ha. What are you doing? I'm trying to get the button. Is she in, is she in frame? She can scoot, yeah, scoot over, scoot indeed, over, scoot indeed, over. Indeed, indeed, Okay. Yeah. Sit next to me, too. Say less. There we go. <laughs> ah. so, so, actually, it's like confrontation is less likely to happen when you're actually touching or close to each other. Because, like, man, you know, we're actually, you know. conversation indeed. with the man. Not I yet. agree with the man. That's it. That's all it is. <laughs> 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 Let's get to it. Let's get it. Let's get to so, it. So, I mean, I, okay. Back to the statement of, you the know, higher. women women look at, at men as 100% as... Successful. Successful. Success objects. objects. Success He's objects, a success, success objects. Right? I don't agree with that just because I don't look at a man as, as far as, like, okay, well, I need him to do 
X, Y, and Z for me. Like you just mentioned, you just named off, oh, he has to be successful. He needs to have a job. Oh, he has to do X, Y, and Z, so on and so forth. It's not always about just the outside because a man can have all that and two bags of chips and still not be worth nothing in the end. So where it's like, okay, well, okay, you could provide, you can make the money, you have X, Y, and Z, you have a car, you have a house, but at the end of the day, how are you going to treat me? Just because a man is successful doesn't mean that that's just, that's it, that's all. I, I agree with you 100% on that. What I said is men are success objects to women. And so when you look at a man and you are attracted to a man, you look at his status as who he is as a man. Okay, does he have his stuff together? Does he have, is he a successful guy, i.e., does he have a good family background? Does he have a good job? Is he healthy? Is he going to secure my future? Okay, so that's what I mean when I say women view men as success objects. First and foremost, most women would not dare date a man. They don't, women generally don't date down, okay? They date up. So the man they were dating before, the next man that they meet, they date up. They don't date down. No. They, they, I, I do hear women bragging yeah. about the upgrade. Hey, they, be, they, they be bragging about the upgrade. Hey, Come on. Hey, all right, all right, all right. Now, now, so now. From the actual perspective. I need, for sure, I need confirmation. So, 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 so. Personally, I need confirmation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 do you see how, whether, because I, I guess, I guess for me, it's hard, but what he's saying, as he says, most women, there are exceptions to the rule. So you right, might be an exception sure. to the rule, but like, like maybe this is like, even from your experience of seeing how your friends and I, like, is that, is that? No, I'm, I'm actually speaking from a personal perspective, For sure. right? So, um, I dated a guy, um, he actually had, had a son. I didn't talk about that. Um, but yeah, so I dated a guy, he was, you know, very successful, was a provider, nice looking, you know, had the beard, chocolate skin, all that good stuff that ladies look for in a man. He was very handsome. Right? Six foot? But five eleven, five eleven. You know, five eleven. I was able to wear heels, and you know what it was. But at the end of it all, because you know he he had you know a good job, was a provider, was able to provide for his family X, Y, and Z. He thought that he could control what it is that I was doing. So it's like, okay, well, as a man. And I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a very feminine woman. I'm not. I, I have a little bit of masculine in me as well. So it's like we kind of like clash heads because it's like, okay, well, I understand that you, you know, you are the man in the relationship. I get that 1,000%. But you're not going to utilize your materialistic things to try and control me. And think that, you know, I can't go do this. I can't go do that. I can't go hang out with my friends. Just random little things. And I feel like at some point, you know, that, that also kicks into when it comes to pride. When a man has all these things, they have that pride level of like, okay, well, I can do X, Y, and Z. So this woman right here is going to listen to everything that it is that I have to say. So he was using his material success to control exactly, you. Exactly, which is why I say when you yeah. say a woman yeah. looks for a man that's 100% a success object. Yes, I want you to be well put together, but sometimes... When you go to the guys that may need a little, you know, I'm not going to say Baba Builder because we're not here to build men either, right? 
Um, huh. Why not? Huh. Not from the ground up. Not from. So the that means you want them to have a certain level of success. No, no, you can be missing a, a a little bit of you know. You can want my help for sure. Let me she say said that. renovation. <laughs> renovation. My God. <laughs> my God. Re- my refurbish. God. <laughs> she said. She said. She just trying to refinance. <laughs> she trying to refinance the home. Oh my God. <laughs> she She trying to pull out equity. <laughs> this this discussion is so good. Can you you can hear me? You guys can hear me? Okay. Yeah, so, you good, man. Yeah. This is really good. And so I think, uh, and that's that's the problem with our current society right now is, um, and, and I'm going to give you my, my perspective on that, I would love to hear your take, is, you know, unfortunately, the way this system is designed, Mitch, and the way this world is created, more, f- more families now, both people have to work to support it. Whereas if we go back 20 years, dad was at work, mom was at home, the, f- the ladies of the house were able to express their feminine energy more. And so what has happened now is that it takes a two-income household for people to be able to survive. And so, unfortunately, women are forced more into their masculine energy, and that's where you probably clashed with this gentleman in some aspects, if I listened correctly. So, um, oh, yeah, I'm going to give it right back to you. I will say this. If a guy has his stuff put together... As a man, if he is squared away, he's got his finances in order, he's got his health in order, he's got his house in order, he can lead you effectively, he can keep you from danger and protect you, then for that man to assume responsibility of you as a woman, your feminine energy needs to come out and you need to submit to that man. Yeah. Is it my turn? Yeah, okay. I'm a dog. Yeah, yeah, you know, because I'm a. Right, I'm gonna stir it a little bit. You go ahead. Okay, okay. You go ahead. So I wanted to comment on that. I agree. I agree. I agree. Because it's it's you know it's God and then the man and then the wife. So I understand Indeed. that, and I understand you know submission to a man that has all those aspects. So I'm not gonna disagree with everything you just said. Um. I just think men nowadays need to understand the difference between a woman submitting to them versus uh, them trying to control their woman. And then also, just to kind of bring it into another full circle and aspect of things, it goes back to, okay, well, if I've been dating a man for, let's just say, I don't know, three years, right? But we're not engaged, we haven't even discussed marriage. Am I still supposed to submit to you as a man just because we're in a relationship? Three years. Yeah. First off, if you've dated a man for three years and he's not asked you to marry you, then you guys are having a good time together and that's pretty much it. Hilarious. Mm. Hilarious. I'm not trying to, I'm not being disrespectful. You know what it was when you signed up. But she did, but she did. Uh, she never signed up. She never she never signed up. Yeah, and so and, and so we all have Nothing to kind of learn sign. as we go, right? That's how Amen. this works. Amen. And I think uh, I think uh, can I say a little bit more, Mitch? Is that a, are you good? So please, I I, I did want to see because um, I I know, I know you said that the what you said I kind of wanted to see how it was connected because you um, were mentioning um, in the aspect of kind of where the conversation started in with single mothers. You in in making your point, you were like women like men 
or view women as like I guess sex objects. Women view men as uh, success objects. And then you were making a point to the end of that. I do want to hear what you guys say, but I also want to hear where you were going with that in relation to um, men dating single moms. Yeah, and so I can touch on that first. And so that's the that's the the point, right? Is so obviously a man's greatest gift to this world is his legacy, right? His children. So he wants to secure the best mate possible to carry on his genealogy. Okay, this is just intersexual dynamics really quick and like quick, okay? And so when a woman has already procreated with another man, he is, she is no longer his best option if he's had to work his tail off, okay? So men just don't get it from the start like ladies do, okay? Girls tend to you know, around 17 to 19 to 20, they are peaking. Their sexual market value is extremely high. They're the prettiest they'll ever be. Don't, don't, and you guys are all beautiful people. Don't take this wrong, but you guys peak and then you guys start to decline where a man has to work. He has to build himself. He has to secure his finance. He has to build who he is as a man, his status. Okay. And so men tend to peak later in life. Okay, and so what happens is um, weak men create, create a situation where their sons aren't in control and they victimize girls, okay? And that's why you end up with so many single mothers in this day and age because the father wasn't in position to say, baby girl, don't do that. Stay home tonight. She ends up pregnant, and here we go. We're down the road again. And so more and more what happens is you, the more this cycle continues, the, the harder it's going to be. And I think the statistics by 2030 is, what is it, like 55% of all women will either be single or divorced in America. Yeah. This is a statistic, okay? This is a statistical data that you guys can look up. Based on the trajectory, yeah. Yeah, based on where we're going right now as a society, and it's interesting because I went out for Chinese last night and Banana and I were the only ones, we were the only couple in a whole section. The rest were just women. Wow. And I, I sat there for a second and I was like, geez, man, this is, this is like really happening in real time. Wow. And so where I'm going with all this is if you're a single mom, it's okay. I mean, the thing is, is that a man of ultra status, a man that has got himself squared away is going to be tougher for you to lock down as a female, because once again, you've already given your best to another man and it's tough, you know? And so I think that, did I kind of answer your question there? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you kind of, you, you, you full circled it. You is brought it, it back. Yeah. No, you're, yeah. You're, you're full. Yeah. The, what'd you say? Full circle? What was it, it's a circle. circle of life. Yeah, it's full circle. Yeah, absolutely. Circle you you brought that to the radar, the circumference, the, the <laughs> diameter. The diameter of the parameters of the Pythagorean theorems. Yeah. That's a triangle, bro. My bad. So now <laughs> right? that we're... Yeah, oh, Pythagorean theorem is, yeah. Okay. No, go ahead. Now that we're kind of on the topic of, you know, single, single moms and things like that, would you say that the frame of an independent woman kind of teared society apart? Oh God! I am so glad you asked that question. He's in the cook. Oh boy! It, it, we go. Are we good? Yeah, let's go. Let's we good? go. You We're guys here. got your boots on. Uh, go ahead, bro. Let me turn your f- mic up, man. You forces on. I So I think I think that 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 is one of the biggest lies propagated to women right there in the whole wide world. Strong, independent woman. 
a woman that is forced to be strong and independent is a woman in masculine energy and not in feminine. She is forced to work. She is forced to do the things that a man is supposed to do for her. So, unfortunately, society has programmed this into women. It's good. You go, girl. You be strong. You be independent. You lock it down. You do what you got to do. You don't need a man. And the sad part is, is that women are the ones that are being victimized behind that mindset. Yeah, literally in the, uh, in in at the beginning of creation, it literally says, after mind you, this is this is Adam in the garden, having a lot of creatures around him, creation around him, right? Yet it says it's not good that man is alone, because he had nobody that looked like him. As much as he had fellowship, he didn't have another image bearer. And so just that alone tells me you can have cats, you can have dogs, you can have et cetera. But if you don't have somebody like, like not to say your value is determined by who is around you in that aspect, or if you have somebody, but it's not like, like we're not designed to walk this alone. We're not designed to be by ourselves in that aspect. Right. Um, so I think, I think it's important to address the fact that like whenever I hear people say, um, I don't need a man or even I don't need a woman. It's coming from a place of hurt. You know, it's, it's like, man, like, like what did men do in your life or what did a man not do in your life to where you feel like, oh, my mom did it, you know, and even the, even the concept like, oh, my, my mom struggled, you know, but it didn't look like a struggle, you know, but it's like, yo, but she struggled, you know, like she, as, as, as tough as mothers, especially in the black community, dug it out and make it work, make miracles on Thanksgiving and things like that. That's not supposed to be the design. It was never supposed to be like that. It was never supposed to be, hey, put a double burden on you to make it work. Just so y'all can live and get by. That was never the design. And so, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is something that um, has impacted our society. But I, I think there's a, a lot of different dynamics that play into that, especially when we talk about a social aspect. Like women have the ability in America to make close to what a man makes, right? In a lot of different aspects, in a lot of different ways of society. And that's very, very unique to America. And so now you have women who financially can match a man. And because they financially can match a man, they think, well, if I have what you have financially, then I don't need what you have emotionally. I don't need what you have physically. And it's like, no, we're still designed to be in unison despite our material. Yeah, and, and it's, like you said, it's like it's so many dynamics, like what you just said, what you've been saying, what everybody's been saying. And I think, you know, it's very, it's very, very interesting when you get into um, a role kind of discussion. Like, what is your role or, or how you operate? Um, because, you know, from my perspective, I feel, I feel everything through the Bible. And there, there is a design um, and with the design comes confines, right? Uh, boundaries. And I think what's very, very important is to understand that there is no expiration on God's design. So regardless of the economic state of whatever time we live in, God's design is, is fortified. It's timeless. 
right? And so the, the design is one man, one woman, right? Right. Be fruitful and multiply both in children and in vocation, right? And so I think even when we look at how times have changed, I hear that a lot. The woman's not able to be a woman or the man's not able to be a man. And I, I wonder, is it is it that we've been sub- subject to culture too much? And we haven't allowed like just to a, a, just like a full submission of what this really looks like to build a family in God's design in 2023. Like, does it have to look like it used to look like? Because economically, like, I, I think it would be great. <laughs> I think it would be great just from a financial standpoint if I could stay, if I could just be the only one working. But economically, like, that is reserved for certain people in certain careers in this day and age. And so I think there is, again, because God's design is timeless, it's not expiring, because that is the case, I think there is a real conversation for us to say, how can you operate in this design and still contribute to what we've got going on without sacrificing who God has created you to individually be? Because there is a conversation to be had about independence and interdependence. Because who you are is actually going to add, is going to be what makes us one. I don't need you to sacrifice who you are. I need you to sacrifice what you want for what we want and what we need, right? And so I think, yes, you, I, I, there was a time where mom could stay home and do all these things. I think if that is your situation, that is great. But we don't have to say you have to sacrifice your femininity because, you know, dad is a, is a youth pastor and only makes $50,000 a year. Well, I think it, 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 it more talks, I think it more is, design, is uh, about how, how somebody leads, right? I think a big part of leadership is understanding where to place people for like their maximum benefit, not just personally, but for the overall goal. Like if dad is working and you're working and when dad comes home, he still expects you to have everything fixed, have everything cooked, have everything clean. I would say it's bad leadership. Right. Because not only are you not providing a situation for her to do that, but you're not even you're not even, you know, you're not even allowing somebody you're not even really paying attention to the needs of the people you're leading. Yeah. So I think while, yes, we could say a woman going to work is her operating her masculine energy, a woman doing all these things or pro- contributing financially is masculine. Biblically, you know, we could we could definitely dive into that. Um, there's definitely more than one example of women working and contributing to the home. But I think what the Lord's design is more about how you lead than necessarily like what somebody is doing. Indeed. Now yeah. the conversation is getting great. Final thoughts. Cause we got, we got the call. We got to, we got to run. Know, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Cause I we got to do that. And we got to, we got to pack up everything, but yeah, for sure. um, final thoughts. Cause we definitely want to get your input. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> Sorry. I waited so late to, no, no, you're good, good. You're good. no, 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 it's good. You know, I will say this, that, you know, uh, to counter what you said, I, I agree with what you said, you know, maybe in this specific time, but I will say this to your viewers that if you're a man, the burden of performance is 100% on you to make it happen for your girl to be at home with your offspring and your children. Indeed. Well, anybody else? Anybody else? No, we got it. We get. Oh yeah, final thoughts. Yeah, I'm about to say her. Oh, yeah. uh, oh Okay, uh, we're, we're okay. Gosh. Go ahead. We're, gonna what's open. the question? What's the question? My question was basically like, um, I feel like as though 
as an individual, I've had, like, I fear, I guess, being ambitious just at the expense of, like, if I choose to be ambitious, I'm not going to be. Oh, okay. So, does, 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 does a woman's ambition uh, kill a man's desire to pursue her? Yeah, we're not wrapping up. And on next time, Black Men Do Talk. Bro, we. That's a great conversation that we can save for the next episode. I will be here next week. Huh? You can't do it next week. I won't be here next week. I will be. That's selfish. Go ahead, bro. Answer it, bro. No, no, no. We'll save it. We'll save it. Okay. Just, just save it for when I'm here. That's what I'm saying. Indeed. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. This has been another awesome conversation. The black men do talk. We have overview conversations. Went for a walk today. That's not awkward. I do that often because I'm out to the studio right. audience. Deep in this presence, Shout out to all of our amazing guests. Thank y'all for coming through. Make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe. Smiles and hugs and, we will and jargon. They say, the what is it, way? It's all the same. Peace so out. what does it mean when you want to stray and run away, but you only stay because he called your name?